man, look at this place. Oh, it looks more like a, a country club than a nursing home. Nice grass, nice people. And I hope you brought your bathing suit. people and we have got an excellent pga championship preview for you guys and i've got brought in two of the most nice people that do this podcast with me on a regular basis mr andy Ferdig and christopher durr gentlemen it is great to hear you both it's great to see you both on our little video chat andy how, how are you feeling about the three-man weave here man do you, do you feel nervous do you feel excited do you feel you're up for the challenge I mean, I'm a little starstruck with Durr on the pod here, especially <laughs> after the round today, but uh, I'm ready to let it rip. I was say, but mo- most importantly, Mr. Durr, I think we need to give, you know, a nice little round of applause here. Oh, actually, you know what? Let's, let's do that. We're actually, we have a really, really nice little setup going here that I think uh, we can put to good use. So let's go ahead and try this out. <laughs> nice. A sumptuous little four under par in the Calam qualifier for Mr. Durr today, so he's feeling electric. Mr. Durr, how are you, sir? Dude, so good. Great to be here. Andy, <laughs> I'll fucking good bet. to see you. Kyle, good to see you guys. Uh, ready to talk a little PGA. Ready to recap every single shot I hit today. So let's start with one. So anyway, I started out... No, <laughs> shot by shot at Hole Park, narrated by Christopher Durr. Just kidding, just kidding. Good to be here, guys. Which is awesome. Thank you for having me. Well, as impressive as you were today. Did I see that somebody shot nine under today as well? Yeah, dude. This kid is a freak. This What the fuck happened? So I played there? a practice round with this kid yesterday, and on the probably like the second hole. Yeah, first hole he hit like iron, and I was like very unassuming. Whatever. Like golf is golf. And on the second hole he hit driver, and he was pin high left on two at Soul Park, for anyone who knows it. And I was like, excuse the fuck out of me, sir. I was like, people don't do that. <laughs> and I was like, what's your uh, what's the deal here? He's like, yeah, dude, I hit it pretty far. I was like, that's not pretty far. That's, like, freakish. And then I have one of those little PRGR, like, little, like, they're not the most accurate things in the world, but the little, like, rangefinder GPS things. And so, like, we started getting through the round, and I was like, this guy's a fucking pumping driver. I was like, who is this kid? So I was like, dude, can I put you on this thing? He's like, yeah, for sure. Hits a driver on five, the par five, yesterday in the practice round. PRGR set up behind him. 128 club speed, 191 ball speed. 352 carry i was like excuse me dude and then he shot nine under today and i was like well that makes sense dude i was like if you're hitting (laughs) if you're hitting 60 degree wedges into every single hole dude i bet golf is super easy damn dude gordon Sargent playing the calam calam qualifier down at soul park it's insane dude steen dude keep keep your eyes up on steen dude steen zeman he was unbelievable he was like 21 and i was like this guy's a monster he was in the group behind me too and uh, and he was he was hitting it very far. <laughs> I was like put, putting on number five, and he's just teeing off, and his balls are rolling up to your feet. It was nuts, dude. I was like, this, yeah, it was nuts. Dude. Andy, what, what? I don't think I could get to one ninety one ball speed with a Louisville slugger. No, what, yeah, I'll, I, I'll say, Andy, what does it feel like to have one twenty eight ball speed? We'd all like to know. Yeah, you know. Um, You'd have to probably call my boy Bryson up and ask him. <laughs> I guess now he's he's dialed it back a little bit. Uh, I heard on No Lang Up they called him the not so big golfer. Yeah, the, the, the yeah the medium sized golfer is now. Yeah, that's tough. I you know b- before we get too lost in the sauce here, I I, I do want to ask: Is Bryson going to make the cut? 
No. Yeah. No. I mean, I think that's the that. Okay, that has to be minus money, right? What that percentage of money. like golf sickos think he's going to make the cut? Like, I, I honestly would love to know. Like, who still has faith in Bryson right now? I don't know. Not, not the three of us. Yeah, I think if you were to poll the true sickos, I think it's less than twenty percent, right? Like, yeah, yeah. of like oh, the yeah. sickos, of like the casuals, not to like bucket them or whatever, but like I'm sure there's plenty of casuals who think he could do something. But like, if you watch any golfer in tune with any golf at all, you, like my man's just doesn't have it. And it, it and you know what, dude, I I was a Bryson detractor for the longest time. Uh, it is a bummer to see him playing like crap because it's it's it, it golf is more fun when he plays really good golf. So, I mean, you know, he had the the health gut scare, and he's he he seems to be one of those golfers that likes to talk about his mental health. So it's like you know, I hope you're doing all right, but like I hope you do all right and shoot sixty sixes because it's kind of fun when you do. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I, I'm kind it's of good with for you guys, guys like us that yeah. talk about it. Well, Andy, it sounds like you listened to that same No Laying Up pod, uh, that preview pod that I, I was listening to today in the car. So is it accurate? That, were they right Where when he was trying to put on all that weight that he never ate a single vegetable? <laughs> Dude, that's, that's what Says he said. doesn't like the taste of wild, vegetables, man. so he just stopped eating them when he put on all that weight? Grow. That's fucking Grow sick. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so as as a golf sicko and a gambling sicko, I just pulled up the lines, which my lines are not the best. Um, but... I have Bryson as the worst to make the cut. So to give a little context, I have Rom and Scheffler to make the cut at minus 1100 mm-hmm. and Bryson at minus 150 with the likes of Cameron Davis, Minwoo Lee, Denny McCarthy, Stephen Yeager, and Keith Mitchell. To make the cut. This is yeah, to make the wild. cut. Yes. That's wild, bro. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Like he should like that's not the bucket he belongs in, right? Like that's the bucket he's in, but that's not the bucket he belongs in. No, I mean, I, honestly, I don't know. Like, I, I love how the, this is just turning into a Bryson pod. I do you think if he had never put on like all the weight and he just kept doing what he was doing as like an amateur in the first like year or two on tour, maybe he maybe he doesn't win the U.S. Open at Wingfoot, but he's probably a much better golfer right now. Is that is that fair to say, Mister Durr? I don't know. He strikes me as someone who doesn't want to play pro golf anymore. So it's like, I mean, if if he doesn't want to, I think that that I think that was coming no matter what, right? Whether he had yeah. won the U.S. Open, put on all that weight, or didn't, right? Like, I mean, okay. Also, if, coming from a like a main bullier of Bryson, dude, that poor guy got fucking bullied for like four years, dude. But he brought it on himself, obviously. But like. You know, like you, like you all remember back to like grade school. You know, like some kid gets his bully, and then finally he's just over it. And you're like, damn, this isn't fun anymore. And Bryson has a little bit of that energy where it's like, dude, this guy just took it on the chin for like four or five years, and now doesn't want to anymore. And it's like, and I feel like a dick because I'm like, come on, man, like let me let me keep doing it. You know, like, but it's he just doesn't seem like he wants to anymore. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you know, you guys ever heard the quote where you know. When you're in high school, all you want to do is fit in. And once you get to college and the rest of your life, all you want to do is stand out. And, you know, kind of when you get to college, you know, standing out, like, in certain ways is is a great. It's a great way to get attention from friends, females, whoever it might be. And for a lot of times, people are like, oh, man, that's cool. Like, it's something different. Like, I'm interested in what, you know, That's it, it's one of the cool things about, you know, getting older and meeting new people. I feel like Bryson took that to, like, the 50th degree where he's like, not only am I going to be different, None of you are going to understand, and none of you are going to think it's cool. And I'm going to get upset about it. 
It's like, okay. You're going to be the differentest. <laughs> yeah, I want to be the differentest. That's what I'll That's say. a very good point. I, it, it, he could have really, he could have, he could have been different without necessarily being, I don't know, is it fair to call him an ass? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he could have been different without being a total ass. But, uh, uh, you know, oddly enough, uh, Bryson DeChambeau was not necessarily one of the top storylines that I had coming into this PJ Championship, but I'm realizing now just through some very civil discourse with two of my closest friends, uh, that actually is a storyline for me. I cannot wait to see what Bryson, I, I cannot wait to watch and see if Bryson is playing on Saturday morning. Given the odds, it sounds like it's not likely, and it sounds to me like both of you are not giving him much of a chance to see the weekend? Zero. Does has anybody? No. Do either of you guys have any idea what he did at Live Tulsa last weekend? No, absolutely, absolutely no idea. That's a correct answer. Nobody does. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on past Bryson, gentlemen. I, I wanted to run over some storylines with you guys. I thought uh, it'd be. I want to just read a few off here. I feel like we could use these as kind of a, a jumping off point to discuss the tournament. You know, at large this weekend, uh, it is the second major championship of 2023. Uh, I've heard a lot of different people say. It almost doesn't even feel like it's a major. You know, there hasn't been a lot of lead into this tournament. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily feel that way, but I'm curious, Andy, if you feel like this feels like a you know a major championship as we're sitting here on Tuesday, just less than 48 hours before balls are in the air. I would say the lead up to it, honestly, for me up until today was kind of light. And today I watched those videos, and I knew we were podding tonight. And listen to No Laying Up this afternoon on the drive home from work. And, like, now I feel like it's a major. Um, but I do feel like kind of up until, like, this point, right? Like, Tuesday the week of, it's been very kind of subdued. Yeah. Mr. Durr? I think the general content has been rather subdued. But I fully buy into the, like, major season that golf pushed for a couple years ago. So, for me, I kind of... I really gear up for like these four months, right? Like the April, May, June, July of like the four majors in a row. So it does feel, mm-hmm. it it feels like I'm used. I got more used to that timeline. I guess going back to March with the players, right? Like March, April, May, June, July. Yeah. I I do feel very geared up, and it and my internal biological clock is telling me like, yeah, it is a major time. So it does feel, it does feel very real. It does feel a little quiet, like when you watch the golf channel and like you know ESPN and stuff. It doesn't seem like everyone's fully into it yet, but. Um, as far as like how I feel getting ready to watch, I'm I'm very excited to watch a bunch of golf because it does feel very much like a major for me. Yeah, because w- w- what do you think's missing? Because I I feel like last year at Southern Hills, it really did feel like we were coming into a major championship for like two weeks beforehand. And I'm curious because I know everybody was excited to see Southern Hills. It had just been redone by Gil Hands. It was you know awesome. It was awesome to watch on TV. It seemed like it was an awesome golf course. I I don't really feel like. Oak Hill's much different. I feel like I, I know it's got a lot more pedigree, but given the renovation that just happened that was highlighted in that fried egg video we already mentioned at the top of the podcast, this golf course, I mean, i just got to say, this golf course looks fucking sick. Like, I'm really, so really excited so to watch these guys play this golf course. I, yeah, I, I can't really, yeah, I, I don't really know why. I, I, other than you guys said the golf channel's feeling a little sleepy. Um, I don't know. Chris, what, what do you think? I have, I have a theory with it, and I think that the the PGA of America and general golfing governing bodies, you know, were truly nervous about the weather. So in Tulsa, Oklahoma, you know, it's going to be great. So you can start showing commercials in January 
and you're like, you know, people are in the snow and you can start showing commercials and drone flyovers of the golf course then, you know, and in January, the course looks good, right? You catch a non-rainy day or whatever. So you can build up a lot of like that B-roll content over the course of the year leading up to it just because you have so many more days to film, create commercials, do whatever, right? And I think like, you know, it might seem like a little bit of a cop out to like blame the weather, but I think like just the fact that this is the first time they've gone to the Northeast and like pretty far north for a may major i think uh, like forced them all to be a little subdued in the sense that like hey like because the bad could be so bad right like the bad could be borderline unplayable the bad could be the fucking bad heinous. Could be six inches of snow and unplayable right so i think like you try to not over promise and under deliver so at that if i was in any of those positions that was kind of my whole thought process with it that would be my thought process with it it's like let's you know it's a major it's going to be a major history will remember it as a major if we don't hype it up as hard as we should on the way up you know maybe that's okay because if the event it turns out to be awesome then no one's going to remember the fact that there wasn't a commercial last week for it you know yeah it's a great point um i i personally think this golf this golf tournament's got a chance to be really awesome man i i admittedly i was not aware just how much pedigree oak hill has as like a major championship test i i'm going to jump ahead here but were you guys aware that Oak Hill is the only golf course in America that's hosted all six of the rotating men's golf championships? So you've got the USAM in 1949, 1998, and they're going to host it again in 2027. The U.S. Open was there in 1956, 1968, 1989. The PGA Championship was there in 1980, 2003, 2013. This year, it also has had the U.S. Senior Open in 1984, the Ryder Cup in 1995, and the Senior PGA Championship in 2008 and 2019. That is fucking bonkers. I cannot think, like, that, I, I don't know, like, this is, this is that's the kind of shit that you say about, like, Oakmont, you know? And, and, yeah. But it's like, I, I feel like I, up until this, like, you know, this year, I just really didn't know that much about Oak Hill. I mean, I guess, you know, I wasn't really watching a lot of golf in 2013. I had just moved abroad at, in, like, February of that year, and I watched basically no golf in 2013, 2014. I missed most of, like, Rory's fucking run. When I was living abroad, I was just totally checked out. So I don't really remember watching Jason Duffner win the PGA Championship there in 2013. So I had, like, no context to go off of. And I'd be, I'm kind of curious from either of you guys, like, do you feel the same way? Like, does Oak Hill feel like it's a, a big boy golf course that has all the pedigree of like some of those courses you see in like the U.S. Open Rota, like Andy, I'm, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming neither of you guys have played it, right? No. Good guess. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> as as a sports trivia aficionado, if you had asked me the question of which is the only course in America that's hosted all six rotating men's golf championships, and honestly given me ten responses, I don't think I would have gotten okay. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty, it's it's fucking nuts, man. I don't know, Christopher. What, what do you think, man? As the only one of the three of us that actually, all right, I'm Andy. That was disrespectful. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to just discount your future golfing career, but as discount my future yeah, golfing career, Kyle. Christopher. As the only one of us that actually has played any meaningful competitive golf, I mean, what what do you see when you look at Oak Hill? Obviously, of course, the championship pedigree, right? I do remember the 2013 uh, PGA Championship that De- Jason Duffner won, um, and I couldn't tell you any of the holes from it, which is always really weird, right? Like, I feel like 
but th- I feel the same about Wingfoot, right? Like I remember Phil blowing oh six. I remember Jeff Ogilvy's chip in on seventeen. I remember Monty like chunking the iron on eighteen. I will remember all everything that Bryson did right in twenty twenty one or whatever twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I like remember those things, right? Um, and I know Wingfoot has championship pedigree, but like I don't, it doesn't mean anything to me. And I feel like Oak Hill's very similar as well, right? Where it's, it seems to just shuffle under the radar a little bit. Like the course looks obviously incredible. Looks like it can host the best golfers in the world. Looks like it's going to challenge all of the right things, right? But um, yeah, for some reason, I don't hold it in the same regard as I would hold like an Oakmont or a Pinehurst or even a Pebble, right? Even though Pebble, some say, is is becoming antiquated, right? But like, it doesn't it doesn't have that allure yet. And maybe this week changes my mind, and I'm fully open to this week changing my mind, right? Like, if Oak Hill provides a great challenge and like I I see a, a great tournament unfolds and and holes become memorable, then. Yeah, dude, it'll slot right in, and I'll and in five years I'll be talking about how Oak Hill is one of the greatest major championship venues we have, right? For sure. I, I wonder if it's just because it's a PGA Championship venue now instead of like a U.S. Open. Like, if this was just in the U.S. Open rota, would we be thinking about it significantly different? I don't know. Andy, you're you're nodding your head a little bit. I mean, I'm honestly like fully ready for it to kind of cement itself in that legacy of top tier golf courses. Like after watching the content that's come out this week and kind of seeing the golf course post right now, like it looks so sick. It looks like there's going to be so many like interesting shots. These guys are going to have to hit so many different decisions. They're going to have to make ways. They're going to be tested that likely they're not used to being tested with like some of the depths of the bunkers and like the faces of some of those fairway bunkers. Like I'm like fully geeked for it to be like, Oh shit! That's like, when's the when's the next big event going back to Oak Hill? I say, Mister Dirt, if if I had to pull you right now, just knowing what you know about the golf course and about this tournament, the weather, everything, all the information at your disposal, winning score higher or lower than minus seven? Lower. I think it's probably going to be closer to eleven, twelve. Okay. I think we traditional. I think we we as the general golf viewing public like truly underestimate how much these guys can take advantage of a soft golf course. Uh, and, yeah. and I think it's going to be soft this week, which is nobody's fault. It does. It, the weather forecast does call for a little bit of moisture coming down from, uh, from the sky. So it, yeah, that's, that's it, a good I, point. I think like I, they're just, the guys are so good, right? Like if you give them somewhat soft conditions and even ball in hand, which I can't imagine they'll do, but if they did, like somewhat soft conditions in ball and hit, like those guys are so good at hitting their number. Like the guy who's playing the best or the, the 10 guys who are playing the best golf will be able to make birdies and bunches. Right. And, and, and we'll be able to, to pick the place apart. Right. Cause if you're going to hit a six iron, like say someone that's on the shorter end, if you're going to hit a six iron to a back right pin that's tucked and you know that if you hit it high enough, it's not going to release off the back of the green. Like, there's there's going to be guys that are playing good that'll execute that shot right, and then the guys who are playing really good who will turn around and make that twelve footer, and it's like man, like yeah. those guys. So, I think I think the, like I said, the general golfing public really underestimates how good these guys can be when the golf course is soft, and it looks like it's going to be soft this week, which um, I think will make misses a little bit more penal. Penal if you miss it in the rough or miss it in any one of those bunkers that look treacherous. I think you will see some doubles and triples come out of that. But if someone gets it rolling and, and starts hitting their irons in good spots or whatever, I think they'll they'll be able to rattle off some birdies and bunches for sure. Because those runoffs, 
that uh, based on the content that I saw, those runoffs that a lot of those green have greens have will not really be in play unless you have a like catastrophic miss yeah. approaching the green, right? And the only way you could have a catastrophic mm-hmm. miss approaching the green is if you miss the fairway, right? And then you might end up in one of those spots. Yeah. But if guys are hitting fairways, I mean, like those guys know how to hit it close from 220 yards. It may seem like a tall ass for us, but they can stop it on a dime and hit it within 12 feet. You know, it's they're 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 insane. So, long way of saying, yeah, I think I think scores might be pretty low if it's pretty soft. Yeah, must be nice to be nice. Must be nice to be nice. God, <laughs> fuck, it's like Andy. I don't know if you're looking at the sheet. Over under the amount of bunkers out there, 75. I'm not looking at the sheet. Uh, over. Over. Just barely. 78 bunkers. I would have thought more based on the photos and the videos that I've seen so far. Yeah. I was like, I saw one hole where they, like, the first hole doesn't have, like, seven fairway bunkers. <laughs> I'm like, it's got to be over. I Also, like, again, for anybody that hasn't watched um, any of these videos that we keep talking about, one more time, uh, Golf Die just did a great video, which is, like, where they kind of go every hole at Oak Hill, and then the Friday Egg also did a really great uh, video. That they, I think, pretty sure they filmed it last year, kind of on the history of Oak Hill. And, you know, the course renovation that it went under in 20, is it 19? Yeah, like 19. 2019, 20. 2020. Um, Andrew Green, the same guy that redid Congressional. Uh, is it Scioto? Inverness? Uh, is that how you say it? Scioto? I think so, yeah. I think I it's Scioto. Yeah, something like that. So this guy, you know, he's he's got some you know, some nice pedigrees, done a lot of good courses. Um, I think I saw the same thing at Inverness, but... The way that he does these bunkers, and this is why I would encourage anybody who's listening to this to go and watch some of those videos. The bunkers are so wild that it looks like they're basically going to play like pop bunkers, where like almost as if it was yeah. like, but instead of like stack sod in the front of the face, they just have like a fucking wall of like thick grass. And I'm really curious to see if guys are going to be getting in there and having to actually bail, or if the guys are going to be hitting like shots out of fairway bunkers sideways. I'm I'm super super curious. Chris, you you know what great golfers are capable of more than me and Andy. No disrespect, to Andy. Um, I don't, I don't know. Do do you think we're going to see like some situations out there where guys are having to just hit a little wedge out sideways and basically hitting a third shot from the exact same distance that they had their shot from the bunker would have been? I, I short answer no. I know both of those videos and then the okay. content that they put out says that that might happen. I think. It would have that effect on us. Because a lot of the greens seem totally. to be slightly elevated <laughs> and the bunkers seem to be kind of pitched up. Uh-oh. Do we lose I our guy? You will see people I think there you will is. see people like thin bunker shots into the face of the bunker, more so than I think you'll see people take their medicine. Because those guys, when they have an upslope and they're hitting up to a green, I feel like they'll be like, I can pull this off. I think you're gonna see a bunch of people look like idiots and just like just like hit them straight into the lip and be like, Eesh, that was that was a tough one. I bet you you'll see people chip them out sideways. Not see people, but I bet people will chip them out sideways, but I don't know if I'll see them on TV. Right? I think if, though, if what I'm going to be watching on TV, it's going to be people trying to pull that off and just fucking rifling it into the face of the bunker. I think we're going to see a lot of those. Yep. That, uh, that is going to be challenging. Uh, I was reading here on the notes that it's all bent grass greens out there. Right before we started recording, we were kind of talking about the joys and the if you can get used to it. How Bermuda can kind of be a, a nice grass to putt on. Um, we've all played on bent grass greens, but I'm curious as a tournament competitor, um, wh- wh- what do you think about bent grass greens, Chris? I mean, is it, is that your preferred surface when when you go? Yeah, to the as dance a West floor? Coast guy, for sure. Right? They're just they're roll so okay. true. They can get really fast. They can get firm. Um, they're I think the most predictable. 
uh, b- both in like how they roll and how they bounce, how they receive shots that are that are coming into them. Um, yeah, I mean, I've heard people say the exact same thing about Bermuda uh, for that grew up on Bermuda, right? But I just think I think personally, Bent is I think Bent's amazing, right? And you know, that's just because because I grew up playing it more so than I did uh, Bermuda, right? And then Poa obviously is the most out here, but. Um, I do love I do love bent a lot, and they can get them lightning, yeah. which I like as well. Now, I've never played any golf in Western New York or upstate or whatever you want to call it. Have you guys played any golf in that part of the country? No, sir. No. Yeah, I'd, I'd be super curious. I'm assuming that for a nice club up there, that bent grass is probably the standard. I mean, it's obviously not hot enough to play on Bermuda or anything like that. So I'm just going to go ahead and not fact check that and just assume that is a standard. <laughs> so that is great for us. Uh, let, let's jump back into some of these storylines here, fellas. Andy, the first thing I want to ask you is, what can we expect from Rory McIlroy this week? It's been it's been a, it's yeah, been a well, wild six weeks for our guy. It, it certainly has. Um, as you know, famously, I've named my dog after Rory McIlroy. So uh, this is this is why we we, we bring you the hard hitting questions, my friend. I'm um, a big fan. Um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty pretty crazy with him pulling out of with RBC, right, and yeah. then uh, forfeiting the three million dollars in pip money, which is like probably like having a five dollar bill fall out of your pocket for for one of us. Um, and then his statement on not talking about live recently, plus the performance at the Masters. Um, I'm kind of bullish on my guy, although I'm always bullish on my guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he's kind of he like he he loves the PGA. He's got a track record of success at the PGA, um, although I guess not in super recent PGAs. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, you know, he he hits it far and straight, and that plays well anywhere. Um, and I've heard especially so, at Oak Hill. Yeah. That's yeah, uh, that's so, what everybody on the I ground mean, is saying. I feel like you know it's I kind of look at him a little bit boomer bust this week, right? Like I see him either being like top five or t forty two. I think there's no way he doesn't make the cut, and I think he's I think he's due for for kind of the return to Rory that we've all been hoping for. I say, Dirt, are you at all? concerned about the lack of good golf we've seen Rory McIlroy play essentially since the match play yeah Uh, what do you think yeah I mean that is concerning um I'm I'm with Andy though I'm super bullish on Rory I uh I also just always root for Rory and I think uh these wet setups set up good for him right like He's one of the best in the world at hitting his number with any club, right? Like, I'm sure if you played that game where you put him on a track man and had him hit 205, he could hit it within a yard, like, on the first or second try with every club in the bag, right? So, yeah. Um, I I agree with Andy in the sense that it is a boomer bust take, but it's weird because, like, I think the boomer bust is a little bit of a wider dispersion. I think he might actually, like... At this point, I wouldn't be surprised if he missed the cut. I wouldn't be surprised if he missed the cut, and I wouldn't be surprised if he won, right? Which is just crazy to think yeah. about with Rory, because six months ago or whatever, he like it looked like he was going to win all the majors, right? Or like I, I don't know. It's just, I, he's yeah. such he's enigmatic to me, and I and I think that's partially the reason why I love him, right? I don't I never know what I'm really going to get, but I think he's 
I think the core sets up well for him, and I think he can go and do something crazy. I was so bullish on it. I truly believed in my heart of hearts that he was going to win the Masters last, uh, last month. And uh, Oh, me too. That was the first, first bet I put in was Rory straight up to win at, like, not good up. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I was like, dude, he's going to do it. I, dude, I swear to God, like, last year after the Open Championship that he lost to Cam Smith, I was like, he's, well, he's going to win the Masters next year, so who cares? And it's like, and then he missed the cut, dude. Oh. And I was like, wait, what just happened, man? Who did this? Something's broken. The simulation is broken. <laughs> so both both our guys are feeling very, very bullish. It sounds like on Rory, even though I, I don't know, man. I, I want to see it. I, I don't know. I feel like I a lot of times going into these majors, I think I put maybe like an unfair amount of weight into how guys have played over the last like two weeks, especially like. The last tournament, like you know, go. Like, how are they swinging it going into this tournament? It hardly ever works out. You know, that's why I win less than zero money uh, when when I gamble on golf. Um, so I, I I personally am a little concerned with how kind of shitty he's played the last like month and a half. Um, but I'm with Dirt. I wouldn't be surprised if he missed a cut. I wouldn't be surprised if. Okay, scratch that. I think I would be a little surprised if he won. Is that is is that weird? I mean, I know he's capable, but I feel like, and this will kind of lead us into our next storyline. Like John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler are just so yeah. fucking sick at golf right now. It would honestly kind of surprise me if one of those two guys doesn't win. Dur, is, is, I mean, is that is that a boring take? No. Do you think Do you think Rory is in a tier below Rahm and Scheffler? I wouldn't have said so going into the Masters. I thought it was very firmly the three of them up at the top. But I don't know, man. I feel like Rom's just continued to fucking flex on everybody. Scotty Scheffler can't putt the ball worth a fucking damn, and is still t tank, t you know, top tening everything if not better. Um, and Rory just Rory switches putter back and forth while playing shitty golf over the last six weeks. So like I, I don't I don't know what to think. A- Andy, help us out here, brother. Dude, I mean, that's what I was going to say is I, I think what got me the most jacked about Rory pre-Masters was when they were like, yeah, dude, Rory went out to Augusta with the blade and had like 19 putts and shot 63. Yes. And I was like, dude, he's going to win by eight. Yeah, right. Like fucking write it in the record books already. It's over. And then he's like back to the spider now. And I'm just like, what the fuck, man? Like, like just just like figure it out. Like we all need you to figure it out. And it's so, it's so like, it almost like hurts my feelings to see him kind of in the wilderness a little bit right now. But I mean, the one thing I was going to say is just like, even like, even beyond Rom and Shuffler, like obviously those guys are at the peak of their powers right now, but like, it's so fucking deep. Like golf is so, so deep right now. And there's so many guys that if they have it going to Durr's point earlier, like, could make birdies in bunches and like make this a total shootout and and wouldn't shock me if you know 10 different guys ended up winning this week there's certainly guys that it would shock me if they won um but it seems like the the like cream of the crop right now is just like unreal yeah yeah that's the thing is it does just seem as you know in the obviously it was really top heavy when tiger woods was playing but that was like a single dude it does seem like there's a couple dudes that have really started to separate um, and again, I, the recency bias, I think I'm, I'm shortchanging Rory here. I think he definitely is in that tier. I mean, he's, I mean, I don't know. Is Rory McIlroy more talented at golf than John Rahm? Yeah, I think so. I think he's probably, I think he's one of you the most talented okay. players ever. 
Tim Mickelson, Arizona State head, you know, head, you know, head golf coach, said that John Ron was the best fucking golfer he's ever seen in his entire life. And his brothers won six major championships. We also know that the Mickelsons are slightly hyperbolic with their statements, dude. So, <laughs> God, I, I guess, a light way of oh man, it's not a, it's the, it's not in the storylines here, but just for like a quick aside, Phil is just on a fucking. Heater <laughs> I'm right so now. happy, dude. I'm not a Phil fan. I love it. I'm like hell yeah, dude. This is sick, <laughs> bro. Did you see the picture today with with Colin and and all those guys like walking out and Colin's kind of like. Phil's just going in, like, giving him the business. and This is going to be memefied, dude. I can't wait for the oh, memes. It's going to be so good. It's so Bro, good. Bro, Phil was so quiet after he jumped to live. Didn't go to last year's. That's the thing. This is, this is Phil's first PGA championship since he fucking won the damn thing in 2021. Like, is this is this a title defense? Yes. Does, 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 this, does, this, does this count? <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Yes. Yeah. Two defending champions. I mean, I, it, in one tournament, you got to beat the champ to be the champ. Exactly, right? dude. God, Phil hasn't like, Phil I, hasn't relinquished his title yet. I was gonna say in the same way that you guys were saying at the top of the pod that it's like really just good for golf if Bryson is playing well. It's really good for golf when Phil is just feeling loose and is just ready to just throw grenades at anybody and everybody. I f- I feel like we're we're all gonna benefit, and I'm very curious to see. What Phil's press availability is going to be looking like as the week goes on, especially if he starts playing well. God, it's going to yeah, going to be fucking fireworks. We'll see, because I mean, at Augusta, then he he like didn't want to talk. Then he was going to take a couple questions and like, but I do think coming off that T two, like he goes out and fires like a sixty seven, like kind of kind of vibing a little bit, like makes some stuff, throwing out his his little thumbs up. Like I can see him being like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll take some questions, like. And just park there for forty minutes and just go. Oh, I love it. Zombies. Yeah, when and I'm when Phil starts it. throwing the spray and pray mentality out on his on his interviews, dude, is when you know it's good. He's just like, yeah, dude, I'll answer anything. He starts answering like multiple questions at once. You're like, how was the weather today? And he's like, my driver is actually insane, dude. And you're like, I don't understand what you're saying right now, dude, and what that has to do with anything. And I just I find that just wildly entertaining. I am a little worried that if Phil starts out too hot, it could things could get a little. If Phil goes out and does what Danny just said and shoots sixty-seven on Thursday, does he actually show up for his tea time on Friday? Like, what does he show up? And if he does show up, not only is he not shaven, like how much chooch is still stuck in like his five o'clock shadow, like all all, like, all, all around his mouth? It's just gonna be. It's like Phil's Phil's ready to go, and I I kind of appreciate that about Phil. Like we we, we need we need more guys like that. In golf, we we the big personalities are great, even if they're psychotic. Um, okay, jumping back in, where do you guys like? What what what's each of yours is like ranking in terms of the top three guys right now going into this tournament between Scheffler, Rom, and McElroy? Andy, how 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 would you stack those guys in terms of your confidence going into this tournament? I go Rom, Scotty, Rory, Dur, Rom, Rory, Scotty. If I'm bullish okay. on if I'm bullish I, on Rory, I'm bullish on Rory, baby. Rom's playing the best in the world, it, and so it's, I yeah. gotta put Rory too. Uh, but and Scotty can't yeah. fucking putt, but yeah, it it, it was uh, I'm I'm you know was fifty fifty between um, between Durr's comment and mine, but yeah, I just I Scotty's been like 
just a like you said, a top ten machine. He's a top ten machine. Even that's like, I granted. I mean, I know the field at Craig Ranch was less than stellar. Also, great win by J Day. Um, really, J Day sixty two. Dude, J Day could J Day could be a. I don't know. Am I jumping ahead? Could J Day be a factor this weekend, or is was that like a nice little? I know he's been playing great golf for um, like eight or nine months now. Um, I I had him in our Masters pool that we all took together. Durs giving me the big thumbs down. You you do not have faith in J Day to like. I I'd be curious to know what the odds are, but if if somebody gave you some some nice some nice odds to have J Day finishing top ten, you're not taking it, Mister. I don't know, dude. Like what? Like how often do you see guys that won the week before a major perform well, even when it's like Phil or like any of the guys that are the best in the world, right? And J Day just climbed the mountain five years to get back into the winner's circle on the PGA Tour. Adversity, mother's death, like injuries, like changing his golf swing. Like, it's not just like, oh, you know, J-Day was a little lost and then he figured it out. It's like, no, he kind of just overhauled his entire life, not just his entire golf game, right? So I think last week was just such a big week for him that, that I think it's hard to follow a big week up with another really big week. And um, everyone had him in the Masters pool and he did play great in the Masters, but there was like... Until he fucking ejected himself. Dude, on he ejected Sunday. himself. Yeah, that fucking cost. That cost me a lot <laughs> he of fucking ejected money. Ejected himself, dude. And then he made a lot of little weird mistakes. Like on day one, he was whatever, like six under through twelve or something. He was going nuts, and then finished like three, you know. And then like doubled fifteen on Friday, right? Just like a little, a couple little things that lead me to believe like he's just not a hundred percent major championship sharp yet. So, um, yeah, I don't. I just don't see it. I think. I, I don't think. I think he makes the cut, but I don't think he contends. To, to answer your I can question, tell you in looking, oh, go ahead, Andy. Go ahead. No, I was going to say I can tell you in looking at the odds, and again, my guy does not give me certainly the best odds. Um, I got to meet your bookie. Like the the top the top ten. We're looking at J Day top ten plus two fifty. Yeah, fade mm. that, dude. Fade that so hard that your yeah. Your I was going to say just making, you're making like easy money off fools that are just like yeah, let's get it, dude. Better odds than some of the the guys around him better odds than Cam Smith better odds than Colin Morikawa better odds than Jordan Spieth who we know is kind of dealing with some injuries better odds than Lord wow. Tyrell Hatton I mean there's some there's some hitters in there Tommy Fleetwood plus 450 I mean you're telling me Jason Day's almost 2 to 1 better odds to top 10 than Tommy Fleetwood I don't know I think I think we're flying a little close to the sun. I agree. Yeah. I mean, again, he he has been playing really good, consistent golf. And to answer your question before, for sure, you know, when you say like, "Hey, who really plays well?" You know, week leading into a major and then plays well. Are you guys familiar with a gentleman named Brooks Kepka who lit the live world on fire right before the Masters and then came in? I will say, I think that's probably the outlier. <laughs> I, I, I can't <laughs> actually think of another time where that's happened, but it did it did work for that. Now. That brings a great question because another one of our storylines is um, the Live Boys, right? Like, they, I, I think everybody at Live would call what happened at the Masters a success, right? Three of the top six finishers, all from Live Golf. Everybody went into that tournament just kind of, you know, myself included, kind of being just laughing at those guys, thinking it was just a joke. And then, like, shit, Phil Mickelson, solo second, Brooks, you know, or no, Brooks Kepka, Phil Mickelson. Like, it's just, just really, really good stuff. My question to you is, is the pressure off those guys? Like, can does it even really matter what the guys from Live do in this tournament? Is it going to change anybody's perception of that tour? You know, outside of someone winning the PGA Championship, 
is there really anything that the guys at Live can do to change fans like ours' perception of the guys who jumped to the tour? Dur, what do you think, man? I I don't think there's anything that they can do. Even if they win, I don't think there's anything that they can do to really change the perspective perception of Live. Uh, I think Live is what it is, and at this point, it's it's kind of is known, you know. So, I, I think the guys who are the world beaters on live that we expect to contend in major championships. Uh, if they do, so Brooks or Cam Smith or DJ, if one of those guys wins this week's or uh, contends, I don't think it has anything to do with live. And I think further just puts like an even bigger, like what if asterisks on those guys, because if you're, if you're For good sure. enough to compete at this level, like why, like what are you doing over there, dude, because nothing you really do over there will ever matter, you know? And if you win a major championship, it will, I will just further understand. I'll just be like, yeah, obviously he won. Dustin's a freak. It sucks that he plays on li- I would never be like, oh, Dustin's so good at golf. That Speaking live competition which, is killer. It's like, no, 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 dude. Like, it just, it's, yeah, well, I will just, I'll so just become I, I more bullish on whoever the player with, is, whether it's with Brooks, Bryson or but, you know, Brooks, Brooks or DJ wins at live, or goes Cam, to the Masters, you know, plays yeah, super well. It is. DJ? DJ just wins at live. I mean, do, Dur, I, I know you're about as big of a DJ DJ guy as, as there is out there. By all accounts, and I, I think I heard this, uh, I think I heard Chris Solomon talking about this, where this is DJ's the worst year of his career statistically from a shots gain perspective, uh, whatever he's been doing on live. But the guy just won last weekend. He's still one of the most talented golfers in the entire world. Is, is DJ, do you think, the guy with the best chance to win from the live pack for this weekend, given that no, we're sh- we're shaking our head. That's a, that's a, no. That's I a think big Brooks enough. for sure, dude. Just because just recency bias, man. Brooks did it at the Masters, so um, I think Brooks has the best chance. Uh, he's clearly proven that he can still compete even playing on the 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 worst tour, right? Andy, does does DJ have any shot this weekend? I actually think DJ does have a shot, as much as it pains me to say it. And to and and Let's to, go. to to your to your question earlier of like if. Like, if they do the same thing they did at the Masters, does it change any of our perceptions, like, of the golf sickos? Like, no, for sure. And it it does. It makes it more of, like, fuck, man, that sucks. Like, why'd you guys do this? Um, But I do think for the casual golf fan, it, it would make somewhat of a difference, right? Of, like, holy shit, like, they now have, like, if they were to get three of the top five or top six again this week, I could totally see some people being like, wait a second, like, this live thing, like, you know, like, maybe I'll fucking flip over after 7th Heaven to the CW and, like, check out what's going on over there. Um, but, like, do I, like, will it make me care about live? Like, fuck no, dude. Like, it, like, that, and there's times where legitimately, like, I didn't realize this, but the CW is, like, channel five for me. It's, like, in the fucking mix when I'm flipping between PGA and the NBA playoffs. Like, it's right there. And I've flipped it on a couple times. And it's just, like, juiceless, dude. Like, it's so fucking weak. And I just hate it. And, like, if those guys were to go out, like, I mean, like, to to Durr's point, right? Like, he thinks Brooks. Like, I would probably say Cam um, coming off, like, a, a big week and kind of, like, finishing strong i think at, at that tournament supposedly it like went into a playoff and then they turned it off like with their three biggest names going into a playoff to to turn on like a rerun of family feud or something like it's a fucking joke dude the whole thing like it it's it's a fucking joke and like i am just hoping that like it 
doesn't end up being the same thing as the Masters because I'm tired of the dialogue around it, right? Like, I just, I want it to, like, spectacularly fucking crash and burn and just be like, you know what? Like, let's wipe the slate clean. You guys just come back. Like, we fucked up. Like, let's do, like, some kind of joint thing and, like, move forward because it's just garbage. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah, garbage, reaction. dude. It is garbage. It's just <laughs> garbage, dude. And and yeah, it's just it would change my opinion of the players. It would never change. There, there's not really much that tour can do to change my opinion of the tour, unfortunately. Which might be like an old man get off my lawn take, but it just really doesn't. Like I don't know. I'm off, I'm just off it, dude. I I haven't watched a single second of Live this year, which is actually different. Like last year, I I would tune in. Like if I was home and I knew Live was playing. I'd throw on YouTube on my TV. I'd like, you know, just check a little bit to see what it was all about. Have not watched a second. I cannot find the fucking CW anywhere. Like, I, I don't know about you guys. I have YouTube TV, and I just figured, oh, they were on YouTube. YouTube. I cannot find the CW on YouTube TV. Um, and <laughs> it was like, Andy, I'm sure you heard the same thing where apparently someone went to go try to watch the playoff that was going on between Cam and Dustin Johnson and the CW had turned it off at the scheduled programming close at 6 p.m. and just they would they turn on they're trying to find the fucking playoff on the CW when Family Feud like, was on. This this is your fucking thing, man. This is what you guys have been waiting for this whole time, and like Cam you DJ. finally got yes. it. Yes, and you can't even keep the fucking coverage on. Like it's amazing. God, what a disaster, dude! And like the fucking golf course. Like, did you see the pictures from Tulsa of just like a like a dog track like puddles in the fairway and shit like oh god get just miss me with the whole live thing and that's why i'm like dude and i like i was a big dj fan and i was a big brooks fan and i was a big cam smith fan it just fucking sucks that those guys are like just like gone and like yeah whatever like i think you know dj and cam have kind of like made their beds of like dude fuck it like i'm just gonna like chill and like play less golf and kind of like do my thing and i have other interests and well, whatever but it just fucking sucks because like it like to what i was talking about earlier like with how deep professional golf is right now like adding another three of those guys who are like still world-class players by pretty much all accounts like would be fucking cool it would be cool to watch and like we're just getting robbed i, I would agree there do you think that uh do you think any of the live guys would just be playing better golf right now if they were on the pga tour and they were playing like more serious golf more frequently totally i think both dj and cam would be playing way better way better dude i think dj specifically just because i think dj is he likes to call himself like you know real him and brooks are both like we're real athletes you know like i'm not a golfer i'm a real athlete and i think part of being a real athlete is like responding to the criticism right and like dj spent a whole career borderline underachieving right like all the talking heads would say like he's one of the most talented players everybody's grossly underachieving so if that's in the back of your mind you do have like a little chip on your shoulder to work hard and dj was busting his ass to prove him wrong right like taking that line in the barclays playoff event four or five years ago where he hit it over the lake on justin or on jordan spieth just to like shove it in his face you know and like then sticking a wedge like little things like that were like stamps on his like yeah i'm the best player here and i know it you know and now that no one's really talking about him like that i think it's very easy to just be like well especially for someone with dj's my perception of G- dj's personality where it's like yeah you know like i'm pretty good and we'll see what happens 
And it's like, man, dude, if you had someone yeah. like, even if it was just talking heads, just in your ass about it, I think it actually proves a difference for how DJ plays. So I think DJ would have been yeah. much better. I totally agree. Do you think if Liv didn't have music blasting on every tee and every green, <laughs> that DJ would be playing better golf on that tour? Or do you I think, think, he, I think he would be playing better on that tour if it was just, yeah, I think if DJ played in a bubble, he'd be playing better, dude. I think DJ does not do well with the loud noises. What what percentage of guys that play on the live tour do you think if you got you know you put a little bit of truth serum in it are just just fantastically fucking annoyed without some like the t- without the rounds like of the tournament go on eighty percent right like you grow up playing this game of like very like serious golf like certainly I didn't grow up playing serious golf and like it wouldn't bother me right but like for people that have like gone through that and been through the ringer and been in high pressure situations and like felt the the juice right to be there and have fucking hollow notes playing in the background like what you know what what are we doing and i yeah, love this is no hollow this is no hollow notes slander dude hollow notes is yeah there will be no daryl there'll be no daryl hall slander on this podcast <laughs> absolutely not but like come on man like you got the fucking chain smokers like get Damn, get sh- out of here players championship shots getting raining down right now um so I think what we're learning right now is, is it fair to say that as of now, the majors and to the extent the PGA Tour is the juice and lives the juice cocktail? Yeah, it's the mixer. 8%, 8%, 8% yeah. juice. Yeah, juice box. 8% real juice. Okay. All right, let's go Let's go to our next storyline here, fellas, because we're going to start wrapping things up here pretty soon. Um, just This is actually just kind of more of a you know standalone. Does anybody here have a shot to tie? Jason Duffner's course record of 63 this weekend. Is six, is 63 out there? When I read the show notes, I was like, absolutely not. I saw the wind whipping out there today. I was like, watch those videos. I was like, no chance. But when Durr started talking about getting soft, the weather uh-huh. and the softness and the possibility of, you know, lift clean in place, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if it's, you know, if it rains overnight and it's lift clean in place on a Friday, do I see some? Can I see somebody going out and shooting sixty two? Like, yeah, for sure. Like one of those guys gets hot, definitely. But I think I would still, I guess, wishful thinking, uh, say no. As the only person on this podcast to have actually shot in the sixties for eighteen holes this week, Dur, what do you think? <laughs> I'm going to cop out and say that there's been like. What six rounds of sub sixty three in a There's ma- not in been majors. a lot of so yeah. I'm gonna just go out history. on a yeah. limb and say it probably won't happen. But uh, uh, if you want me to play along and have some fun, I think that of the four majors this year, I think this one has the highest probability of someone shooting below sixty three. I think I think yeah. if you were to look at the U.S. Okay. Open and the and the Open Championship Roto. Masters already passed, so you know, taking a little, taking my free dub there. But I just think that, like, I don't think, I, don't, I think this is the highest probability chances of someone shooting sixty three or lower is definitely always the PGA. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little bummed. Duffner's not in the field. I know he just withdrew earlier this week, uh, but Duffner's been playing a ton of tour events the dude, last what, week. Dude, dude wipes year, on his hat, year, dude, which is just electric. <laughs> <laughs> electric is is the correct electric is the correct word i it, it's amazing like have you guys been following duffner at all for like the last like Dude, year he's been two? corn fairy he events. plays a ton of events well yeah he plays corn but he plays a ton of events too and he makes the cut like 10 percent of the time 
I, I don't know how he does it. He just keeps on there grinding, playing. It seems amazing that the return to Oak Hill is when he's finally like, nope, don't need to play this weekend. I, I, I'm all set. This I, I hope everything's okay. I hope it's not like an injury or something's going on, but like uh, – it would have been sweet to see Duffner out there. He's one of those guys that when he's playing really good golf, makes golf look really easy, which is strange because it's Duffner, yeah. you know? Like, I was but his wa- swing is so smooth. I was watching 2013 highlights to get ready for this podcast, and I was just like, dude, that fucking swing is so effortless. Was flagging, flagging it, dude, it. with those fucking pancakes, dude. He was, like, taking these humongous divots, dude, and just <laughs> flagging wedges. And I'm like, who is this guy? And then the weird thing is, too, like, you always hear pro golfers talk about how, like, where I finish controls trajectory and Duffner's just like fully finishing behind his head about like every time. And you're just like, he's not controlling anything. He's just hitting it at the flag, dude. Like he's not working on <laughs> anything right now. And I don't know. It, was, it just looked really easy for him. It was just like, yeah, same swing, same swing. Yeah. God, good for Duff. Speaking of injuries, Kyle, not to totally derail us. Derail away. Go. You're, we're looking to wrap up, but what oh, about man. speed? I was shocked to see him not listed in your notes here. Well, he, he is on the notes right here. Uh, I've actually got it. Uh, yeah, I've got it. I got it listed right here. Asshole. So, I mean, yeah. What a miss by yeah, me. Yeah, that, that was going to be my, yeah, that was going to be like one of my next ones, man. Yeah, but Andy, next time read I, the footnotes, at this, dude. <laughs> I, Son of a bitch. At, at this moment, do we, like, has there been any news that's come out since we were started recording this podcast and whether or not he's in Rochester? Oh yeah, he's in Rochester. I saw him today practicing. He's got the uh, the tape going from his wrist to his elbow, like the long the long athletic tape, and he's got his yeah. wrist taped up. So he's got his wrist taped up around it, and then he's got the the long skinny one going from like wrist to above the elbow. Uh, so that leads me to believe not good. That's a bad scene. I didn't see him. I don't like that. I didn't see sure him making any good. full swings today. It was all chip shots and putts, which is also not good. If if okay if if Jordan Spieth is any less than ninety percent, should he play no. this weekend? No, no, because I absolutely. I've not. heard other couple other people say that they like LACC and is it uh, is it Liverpool this? Yes, year? I'm always yes, getting all my okay. Both set up really well for Jordan Spieth, and that it would be foolish for him to try to risk getting hurt more to give up his chances to play two courses that seem to fit his you know fit his game a lot better. Does that does that seem like a, a reasonable reasonable take slash strategy, Mister? I think at this point, Jordan Spieth. It, this is a, probably the first time we've that I can think of off the top of my head that he's dealt with injuries, and I think Jordan Spieth has the luxury of having a Hall of Fame career in the hand, right? So, like you know, a bird in the hand mm-hmm. is worth two in the bush, mm-hmm. right? Like Jordan Spieth already has a Hall of Fame career in his hand, so at this point, he's thirty. He just he's starting a family. Um, he clearly has that dog in him and is willing to climb any mountain to reach any heights of the game. So at this point, I wouldn't do anything to uh, damage your ability to play golf for a long time because realistically, as a 30-year-old, you have, especially with like modern science and modern like body like awareness and the way people are taking care of themselves as athletes, like it's not ridiculous to say that he has like 12 PGA championships ahead of him where he could be at like peak physical conditioning. So yeah, man, punt this For one sure. away, dude. Don't, don't force this one to lose two on the back end, right? Like, you know, like don't force this one to make that window yeah. of 10 years of good playing as opposed to 12, you know, like, cause I, I think it'd be awesome to see Jordan Spieth win the career grand slam. I think he can do it. And if you're not feeling a hundred percent, this isn't the week to do it, dude, then what are we doing, man? Go hang out with your kid. 
like go hang out with your kid for a couple of weeks, heal up, and like it's it's gonna be okay, dude. Like there'll be other courses that fit you better than Oak Hill too. Do you think his kid is how he injured the wrist to begin with? <laughs> Playing with children can be very dangerous. You can as trust the me only this. person. Well, I don't know. Uh, as as a kid with as a man with experience of having nope. kids, Kyle, I'm gonna defer to you on like, well, yeah. Yeah, Kyle, you're you're the resident expert here. We're we're uh, still kidless in in these. Parts. Dude, I hurt myself with my son all the fucking. The fucking kid weighs twenty six pounds and he's a wrecking ball. Like it, it's just yeah, yeah. You can hurt yourself all the time with kids. Whether it's you like chasing after him, tripping and falling, whether you pick him up real fast and you just like throw you know just some tweaks in your back. I mean, it's just. <sighs> gambling dude you're gambling every time you put the parent hat on it's this is dangerous game out there so i i hope for his sake you know whatever the injury like do do we know obviously it's a wrist but do we know like to what extent or like more details about exactly what the injury is i don't think because so. if not that probably tells me that like because if it wasn't that serious i feel like we would know all the details the fact that it still seems a little cloudy is what's giving me a lot of pause and makes me think that he probably should bow out. He hit us week. with he hit us with the Jameis um, Winston dude. He's like it's just pain, pain everywhere. So he's just like it's severe pain all. all. I've I've always <laughs> I've like, always oh, thought of Jordan Spieth and Jameis Winston as like one and the same. The, 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 just to, yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, kindred spirits. <laughs> kindred spirits. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I I, I sure hope so. I, it kind of makes me think of another bullet point that I had that I wanted to ask you guys because I don't know if he's hurt. I've heard rumors. I heard rumors earlier in the year that maybe he was dealing with something, but I haven't heard anything about Justin Thomas um, in the last couple of months. Justin Thomas is the defending champion of this tournament, even though we said that Phil is also a defending champion. So is Justin Thomas, and he's you know I think we all consider Justin Thomas to be one of the very best golfers in the entire world, and I don't feel like anybody's talking about the defending champ. Does he? Is he a factor? Durr, I, Andy, I, I. I I don't know. I have no idea. Like I have no I have no read on Justin Thomas going into I think he's term. not a factor and I think something's going on just because he's lost like 8 yards in distance off the tee and he's not and he's not putting. Yeah. Good. I think I think that's a number one ind- indicator of something not going good. So uh I I I think this is going to be another majorless year. I think it might be a winless year for JT. I think I don't think it's a good I don't think it's I think it's a, a year that he has to punt away as well, you know, like get healthy, get right, get back to where you need to be because he's clearly compromised. Andy? He he does seem kind of lost in the wilderness and has just been sort of a non-factor thus far this year. Um, I don't know, man. And then like uh, the whatever, the delayed finish on Saturday at the Masters, like him kind of like limping in and it just – it looked bad. His body language was awful. Like he just seemed like pretty disinterested. And I think it would take him like firing a sick round on Thursday to like kind of get his mojo back. I do think he could quickly get his mojo back, but like, am I betting on that happening? Like, no, probably not. I think he's got some, some stuff to kind of work through. Um, and figure it out. But again, it's, it's, you know, it, as, as elite amateur golfers as we all are, right. Um, in the company of Durr, yes. um, it's just, you're, you're one swing thought away from, from being back. Right. And so like he could find something on the range tomorrow on Thursday morning and like go out and fire something sick and be right back in the mix and be the JT that, that we know. But I, I'm not, 
banking on it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would love to see JT play really well this weekend, but uh, I'm with you guys. I'm not necessarily expecting it. Um, we talked a little bit about what's happened post-Masters as it regards, you know, in regards to Rory. Um, I just want to go quick, you know, quick it around the, the rest of rest of the tour with you guys. So since John Rahm won the Masters, um, our winners include Matthew Fitzpatrick, Tony Finau, Wyndham Clark at an elevated event. Uh, that, w- that was surprising. Jason Day, my question to you guys is, do any of those guys have a chance to win this weekend? Do you like how any of them are playing? Has there been anything else that's happened since the Masters? Uh, it's not necessarily somebody winning a golf tournament that you've been thinking about and working into the way that you're kind of approaching this golf tournament. Durr, I see a head nodding over there. So I got, you got I'm, something? I'm, uh, I'm bullish on Matt Fitzpatrick this week. That's my Me pick. Me too. I'm glad. I, I, I'm, gl- I'm glad you're that same way because I keep thinking like I haven't really seen him play much. I mean, uh, I think he was playing in the the two man event, but he played with his brother, so it doesn't count. Because his brother put him right, in some so fucking <laughs> awful spots, dude. I was like, dude, oh. yeah. <laughs> which I mean, case. listen, respect, dude. If I if my brother was down to just give me hundreds of thousands of dollars to play golf every once in a while, I'd be like, you know what, dude, good good on you. So. Uh, I, I respect the Thank hell out of Matt you. for picking his brother to do that. I think that's just um, rad. But I'm I'm yeah. very bullish on him this week. I, I, we haven't gotten to the pick segment of this podcast yet, but that was my pick. I'm picking Matt Fitzpatrick to win this week. Dude, I love that, Andy. I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling now. Although I feel like I'm kind of always feeling Fina. Yes. Um, <laughs> like, oh, Tur loves I it. I feel like he. I feel like he. You know hits it he hits it far like i i don't know that it's necessarily a bomber's paradise but i think he can kind of get it down there he's sort of like always kind of knocking on the door and one of these like he seems due for a big win and he seems like he's been able to kind of shut the door a little bit more lately and getting some of these wins under his belt like i just feel like it's a matter of time for him to get one um and so of of that list, I'm 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 rolling with big tone. I love that. I love I mean, from everything what we're hearing, this is a golf course that is going to really favor guys that hit the living shit out of the ball. And Tony Fino does hit the golf ball a very long way. So I, I, I do think there is an outside chance there. Um all right, let's let's jump into it. Let's let's get a couple picks here. I did hear uh, some other guys approach it this way that I'm very curious. Uh, can I read you guys like the top twelve golfers uh, that you know odds wise according to CBS? I think they they don't really reference where they're getting their odds from here. But can I just, I'm just going to read you off very quickly um, the top twelve golfers uh, coming in this tournament by odds: John Rahm at seven to one, Scotty Scheffler seven to one, Rory McIlroy eleven to one, Cantlay eighteen, Brooks Kepka eighteen, Justin Thomas twenty to one, DJ twenty to one, Jason Day twenty to one, Xander Schauffele. 22 to 1, Morikawa 22 to 1, Finau 25 to 1, Cameron Young 25 to 1, Vic Hovland 28 to 1, and let's just throw Max Homa at 28 to 1, and Matthew Fitzpatrick at 30 to 1. That is wild. Um, of those guys, is there one dude that I just read off that you're like, absolutely fucking not? That dude has no chance. Durr? I'm going to be 100% honest with you. The Wi-Fi was cutting in and out a little bit, so I didn't catch okay. all of those names. Um, I'll, 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 I'll try to uh, basically Rom, Scheffler, McElroy, Cantlay, Kepka, 
JT. Oh, JT. DJ. JT, absolutely not. I, I was I wanted to say JT, but I also didn't want to look stupid uh, in case you didn't say JT. So, but yeah, I think I think JT's an absolutely no fucking chance this week. Uh, I yeah, I think yeah. I think it's dead. I think it's I think he's got nothing. Andy, of those guys, anybody that you're just fading, just absolutely not. You had Xander at the end of that list. Yeah, twenty-two to I, one is what uh, they've got. Shot play at. I got no go on Xander, and I'll uh, I'll throw Cantlay in there too. I don't. I don't I don't buy. Yeah, it. I, I, Dirt. You obviously you love Shoffle. What 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 do you, what do you think about him going in this week? I like Xander this week. I I like it when it's not perfect. I think I think Xander's I think Xander's grittier than most people give him credit for. Uh, so a mm-hmm. uh, little wet, a little mucky, a little weird. I think that sets up pretty good for him. Um, I don't know what Xander's missing. Clearly something, right? Like he hasn't been able to break through. I can't diagnose it. I don't know what it is, but something's off. I think back to that eight iron he hit in the water at 16 at Augusta a couple years ago. And every time I watch Mm -hmm. that shot and every time I watch people play the 16th hole at every Masters after that and even Masters before that, that's like 27 yards short. Like that's that's so – he missed it (laughs) so bad, dude, which is just like – it's ridiculous for someone of that caliber who's playing really good. It was who perplexing. has a chance to win, like yeah, like who has a chance to win a major. You're obviously playing great golf to do that. It's, it's like so far, so that's, far. That's off. scary. So obviously, there's something there that is a reason why he doesn't get it done yet. But um, I don't think it's Xander's week per se. I, uh, I'm not going to put him in my absolutely no chance. I, but I do. I just don't think it's his week. But I, I would. I would very much love to see it. I would very much love to see it. And honestly, I would love to see Cantlay do it too. People are off Cantlay. I, uh, I, I think. I think it'd be cool to see Cantlay do it. But the walking rain delay is not gaining any fans in the world of golf right now. No, okay. no, he is not. It, the funny thing is, I, I think I was talking about this with our buddy Chris earlier, where it's like. Obviously, nobody loves slow play except apparently for Jay Monahan. Um, but I feel like it's okay to be slower if you're also like really exciting. Like Tiger, Tiger could play slow if like you know, and nobody would notice because he's hitting his drive a mile off the fairway, and then he's taking some time to figure out how he's going to hit this impossible golf shot. It builds a lot of drama, and all of a sudden, you know, when it finally comes time for him to hit. Yeah, he's been you know he's been waiting to hit this golf ball for four or five minutes, and nobody fucking cares because it's really exciting. Where if Cantlay just had a little bit more, a little more sizzle, I don't really feel like his slow play would be that much of an issue. It's just the case that like he's slow and he's just like methodically kind of boring, and to, at least to, to watch. I, I I don't know. Am I off base here? No. How about this question? Sure. If Cantlay has the same exact game with DJ's body. Does he? Because I feel like he's like lumpy, dude. And like as a fellow lumpy guy, like I get it. But I just like when he had that ball that was like stuck on the bulkhead, and he's just like lugging around, and walking back. And You're saying if he just looked like, like more of an dude, athlete, like he was really trying to die. Yeah, that is like if he like like had a little more i mean you said sizzle i think that's like kind of in the ballpark of what i'm talking about but like dude it's i think it's the lumpy let me flip it on you if tiger woods had this exact same career but he looked like patrick cantlay (laughs) is he everybody's favorite golfer of our generation that's tough 
I think it just yeah. turns him into a really successful Sean McKeel. No offense, Sean. <laughs> what a what a callback. That's tough. We, we may have opened Pandora's uh, box. I, lo- I wow. never once have thought about this take, and I absolutely love it. I think you're very right. I think Patrick Cantley doesn't get anywhere near as much hate if he looks like DJ at all, dude. I think the frump the frump doesn't do him good. Yeah. And also, dude, I'm off. I'm off people that wear fucking black belts and white shoes, dude. Like, oh my god, dude. He doesn't. <laughs> it's, it's totally unacceptable. unacceptable. I don't understand how. I don't, who lets him out it's of the insane, house looking bro. like it's that? It's insane. It's insane how bad he dresses. <laughs> real, real quick, I, I got to pull you guys. Where where do we stand on white belts right now? Yeah, I have like a like a cream um, Peter Millar like woven that I've been rocking lately. Which like sometimes I'll catch myself. But it's cream. It's not white. Like, this is like dangerously close to a white belt, but. Yeah, no, I'm off. Yeah, I left mine in 2000. Yeah, where do we? St- I left my. I probably left mine a little late. I left mine in like 2015. I held on for Me a too. while. I held on for a while. Yeah. Where, where do we stand on these guys wearing white pants? Electric, electric, dude. Are you kidding? We oh like the white pants. Interesting. Bro, yeah, okay. white pants are sick, dude. Like the the amount of confidence you must have to wear white pants. Dude. I think white pants are fucking electric. What well, what I don't understand is like I can't wear like a pair of like stone gray shorts and like get out of my car and get my clubs out of the trunk without like getting schmutz on it. and these guys are wearing like hard white pants in 90 percent humidity and, like schmutz free perfectly clean schmutz free unreal i don't know the schmutz doesn't add up it just does like the little lines on the like i'm like i put like two brand new t's in there and like i have shit on my fucking pocket now. <laughs> yeah the like, t well, the t th- those i don't understand where those little things come in my pocket it comes through i'm like where how did you get there my dude one uh one you know as we're if we're talking about fashion one name we haven't brought up yet and I, this is the one of the last guys i wanted to ask you guys about real quickly just because he did have a really nice showing at the masters and also as you know as andy can attest uh all all credit to tron carter from no laying up Vic Hovland's beef carpaccio outfit is maybe the sickest oh thing I've ever God. seen on a golf course. And I want to know, one, what's Vic going to wear this weekend? And two, does Vic have a chance to win this thing? Andy. Dude, well, Jalen needs to be stopped. <laughs> like, whatever it is that Dude, they're they doing sold out of that t-shirt the day he wore it. They sold out of the I, whole website. I, that, is, that is a statement of, among, like, society just being in a bad bad spot right now that is a problem that's what let you know that the society is is, is on the down dude that was, <laughs> that, that was that a leading was, indicator that was... if that shirt's selling out that is a leading indicator the beef carpaccio special is just not <laughs> it dude um does vic have a chance i don't think so he's just like I don't know. Dirk's like got my mind in a pretzel with like the softness of the golf course and all these like sick runoffs that I'm now like, are we not going to get to see any of these sick runoffs? Are they just going to be sticking everything and like be a dart throwing contest and finish at 19 under? Like that would be a bummer. Definitely not on Thursday at least. I I know that there's not supposed. They're not. They don't have any like rain in the forecast during any rounds as of now. I think until like Friday or Saturday. So Thursday could be Thursday could be hot. Dude, I saw some of those like short short grass chipping areas where like the greens like eight feet Dude. above like, jeff shackford had a great oh, video on his instagram it was just like nightmare my, my brain exploded yeah. i hope Her? those i hope those chip the, i vic hope those Hovland? runoffs can be in play because if those runoffs are in play vic hovland's out if it's a if it's a if it's a dartboard then vic hovland's fully in dude there's yeah he's he's a monster yeah. he's a monster hitting the number as well i uh i like vic i like vic 
I, I'm going full. I'm going full what European you? for this event, dude. You know what? I'm I'm switching it up. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going Fitz. I'm going Vic, uh, and I'm going uh, Tyrol, dude. I think it's just going to be a, a European invasion, dude. Yeah, I. It's funny. <laughs> the picks that I have for our buddy Ryan, who does a does a pool for all the majors. You know, I, as I was going through and just kind of like doing my first impression of like who I was picking for everybody, I was picking a lot of old heads for this tournament, and I don't really know why, considering how. Again, like it seems like you got to hit the ball really far. At least that's what I'm hearing from guys that have been on the grounds. Uh, old, old Europeans specifically. Why? Why? I don't really know. Also, a couple of live guys. I don't know. Shane I'm, Lowry. I'm all. I'm all. No, uh, my Shane Lowry pick from the Masters is going to keep me from picking him again. But I, I don't know why. I just, I'm, I'm looking at the, <laughs> I'm looking at my pool right now and all the picks that I had to. But why do I have Paul Casey? Can somebody fucking explain to me why I have Paul Casey selected as one of my picks? I, that, I'm looking at it, and I'm disappointed in myself, but I don't really know if I want to pick anybody else from that tier. Is th- Am I yeah. a fucking moron? I just feel like this is the most backdoor top 15 Paul Casey moment that we've had hey, in a good long time. This, this, hey, this is hey, what he does. Wh- when was the last time Paul Casey played golf? Like I, I, I don't know, I, and that's why I don't know I'm, why I'm picking him. I, that's why I'm, I'm unsure if he's even played any of the live events, dude. Like I don't know. Like wh- like what? I've never been to Liv's website. I wouldn't know. I don't think it's very good. I don't think you're missing much. <laughs> it's rough. For what it for what it's worth, Kyle, I have Hell Billy yeah. Ho coming out of that of that. Flight. Oh, you do I electric. I think Billy Ho. I think that's I like a tough Billy flight. Ho. I think Billy Ho's electric. Dirt. I, I did go through the whole thing uh, with you for our Masters preview where I kind of went through like tier by tier for all these guys. Let me just read you. This is the ninth tier in this uh, in this pool. I would love to know who Dur would select because it might help me readjust things here real quickly. All right. Between all these guys, who do you think has the best chance to finish the highest in this tournament? Dean Burmeister, oh, Adam Jesus. Hadwin, Paul Casey, Billy Ho, Lucas Herbert, Nick Taylor, Vic Perez, Emilio Grillo, Thomas Dietrich, Anirban Lahiri, yeah. okay. Pat Rogers, Bo Hostler, Brandon Wu, Thomas Peters, J.T. Poston, Adam Svensson, Rasmus Hogard, Eric Cole. I'm Webster. so up on Lucas Herbert. I'm so up. On, really? I'm so up on Lucas Herbert. Yeah, I'm up on him for sure. Gonna go ahead and sh- change the old pick right there. Thank yeah. you, Mister Durr. I, I appreciate you. I mean, you. he he's one of. The, I think you should stick yeah, with Paul yeah. Casey. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who's playing against you in your pool, dude, I think Paul Casey looks really good. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Paul Casey, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, sick, sick pick. pick, dude. Sick pick. <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking of sick picks, fellas, if we're, if we're, you know, since we're coming coming to a wrap here, I might as well just ask anybody in the field who you, who you got to win this thing. Andy? Fucking great John Rom. Great pick. Dude? I'm going Fitz, dude. I'm going Fitz. I love it. Okay, so even it, though it's such a coward pick for me to pick Rom, but I just if if it's anybody and I can like I'll just take it's it. who I would pick too. I mean, if it, it, odds aside, Rom is who I would pick just because it's like it's, it just seems the most sensical. I fucking love the Fitz pick, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I think it. I I think it's Fitz I've, for sure, dude. I not for sure, but like I I'm picking Fitz. Uh, I think Rom is the the no brainer, right? Like if if I if you if you put a gun to my head and said like if if you know. I'll do it if you don't pick. I, I would pick Rom. <laughs> um, 
But like if we're trying to have a little bit of fun, it's I'm going to go with fits, right? If we're going to try to get a little bit of value, get you something funky to root for and pick well, something Well, that's the thing. Like the board, in terms of value. Yeah. No, that's the rule because I mean, like I said, John Rahm is about you know roughly seven to one. I think he's plus seven hundred. Which, if he hits, is still Matthew fucking lit, dude. Like, it's still, it's still. Yeah, but yeah, but Matthew Fitzpatrick's at fucking thirty yeah. to one. I think that's amazing. That's amazing. Right? My non-coward pick is. Oh, I love that one too. I love that one. He makes me nervous, though. Can he win a professional one golf day. tournament? Yeah, that's 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 the <laughs> problem. I like I heard them talking about that on No Laying Up. They're like, dude, why why does like no one pick Cameron Young? It's like, well, because he never wins. <laughs> I mean, he's they're not wrong. Ever. Zero like, he's yeah, never ever wrong. won. Like ever, ever, zero times. Which is crazy. Like what? zero times. Well, so that's a tough pick to win. The guy that's won zero times. So he must be leading because you know, for, with Phil for a long time, it's like best player to never win a major. Which, by the way, right now is that Shoffley or Cantlay? Cantley, I think Cantley's a little better than Shoffley. I would agree. Cam Young, best player on tour to never win anything. Best player in the world to never win anything, dude. Like <laughs> best player in the world to never win anything, dude. I'm unaware, dude. Like <laughs> he won my heart at the Open it's Championship quite a title last goal. year. That's the only thing he's won. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I will say Cam Young is fucking oh my fun God, to watch. Like I really, really enjoy watching Cam Young play golf. I would love to see him win. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I guess, you know, I'll believe it when I see it, but, uh, I will be rooting for it. Um, all right, guys, this is, this is great. You get, before we, you know, bring this into a wrap, any, any additional thoughts or, you know, takes you guys have to get off your chest before we, you know, before we jump into the second major of the year. Andy? No, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the, I'm rooting for the golf course and the runoffs. And like the weather to hold off, and like some kind of like nasty wind, and keep it dry, and like let the golf course shine. Like I'd love to come back on here like in a week and talk to you guys about how fucking sick the golf course was. I'm gonna piggyback on the back of Andy's take. Uh, I'm rooting for the golf course. As I've already made it abundantly clear throughout this podcast, I'm full team Euro this week. I think Euros are gonna shine out. Um, and one thing that we didn't talk much about, we did talk a lot about Oak Hill and we talked a lot about the golf course. I'm very excited for the PGA to start to uh, gain it, gain gain its identity a little bit more. I think the venues that it has over the next 10 years are going to be awesome. And I think Oak Hill, um, like we talked about earlier in the podcast, this could be a week where Oak Hill, Oak Hill shines and stands out and shows us why it is one of like the great American venues. Um, and I think the PGA as a good launching pad of venues coming in the next 10, 12 years that could really kind of help give it a strong identity. And I think this could be like step one in that. So I'm piggybacking on Andy. I'm rooting for the golf course. I'm hoping for something good and I'm hoping we can get something awesome for what the PGA is and what to expect moving forward. Yeah. Awesome. Couldn't agree more. Andy, Chris, thank you guys very much. Uh, what an awesome preview podcast. And uh, I, I would be remiss if uh, before we, you know, before we depart, to remind you guys and all the listeners out there that we have some exciting news. We have a new sponsor, which is Caldera Lab. That's right, everybody. Say goodbye to the generic face wash on your counter because Caldera Lab is here to save the mother effing day when it comes to your skin. And it's backed by a leading clinical trial where 9 out of 10 men experienced healthier and visibly improved skin. Caldera Lab has the tools to unlock your best first impression and confidence. And today we have an exclusive offer for all of the listeners of Nice Grass, Nice People, you can visit calderalab.com 
Use the promo code NICEGRASS and save 20% off everything on the website. Andy, what, what's what been your experience with Caldera Lab? Dude, the glassware Dude. is elite. It gets to make the countertop, which very few of, of my products do, in, in the shared bathroom with the wifey. And the face lotion, post-shave, there's nothing better. Huge fan. Huge fan. Dirt, I, I think you've had a relatively positive experience with your Caldera products since they showed it up your It has officially Doria. replaced all of my skincare stuff. I use the face wash night and day. I use the moisturizer night and day. Uh, and I love the eye cream at night and the serum at night as well. That little combo at the end of the night, is it hits so hard. I uh, I actually love the products, and and I feel like my skin is a little bit better. I spend 90% of my life outside, uh, and I feel like my skin doesn't get as burnt as easy, and it just looks a little bit, looks a little healthier, dude. I, I could say, for everybody that's listening to this podcast in audio only, uh, it, you guys are really missing out on just how absolutely radiant my two, my, my two co-hosts look right now. Th- these guys have just been in, you know, in the lab, the Caldera lab, that is. Uh, so for all of you guys listening, if you want to look as devilishly handsome as both Andy and Chris, uh, I'd invite you guys to visit calderalab.com, use the promo code NICEGRASS, and save 20% off your purchase. All right, gentlemen. I can't wait for golf this weekend. Let's fucking go. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Major championship. Also, sorry. What? What? One last thing. What, what? One last side note. What did people say before? Let's go. Come on. Come on. Oh, come on. That's a good one. Right. I, I could, come on. Like hell yeah. Or I don't know. What? What? What was the go-to phrase to communicate excitement? I've got you guys. Kaboom, baby. Com- yeah. Uh, Parson special. <laughs> Kaboom. Holy, Holy Toledo. Toledo. What'd you look at that? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think come on. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's get it. No, I'm just kidding. That's more modern. I, I, I was going to say, has Let's Go, is Let's Go approaching the end of its shelf life? Because if so, I want to make sure we are at the forefront of shaping the culture of golf and really bring it up. So I want you guys to marinate on this over the course of the weekend and think about what you know? Something else we can add to Let's Go. I don't want to get rid of Let's Go because I really like it, but I feel like we, you know, I'm not doing a good enough job of being diverse. You know, it, it, it's what I instinctually say when I get excited, and I want to. I just uh, want to be better than that. That's is fair. That, is that fair. I, I, that's what I have. I already have the answer to this homework assignment. If you guys will indulge me for a three minute story, I will make it quick. Please. So, Please. my four ball partner is a guy named Brady. He just started playing tournament golf uh, two years ago. He's a baseball player, and he's a monster. He's plus five. He's so good. So our first tournament ever, well, his first tournament ever, um, I've obviously played a bunch. We did the U.S. Open local qualifier at a course called Andalusia in La Quinta two years ago, 2021. Great Mm -hmm. golf course in a gated community. You have to go through like a gate with a security guard and get like a parking permit in order to just be on property, right? So we go there on day one. I'm driving, brazen shotgun. We get the security guard. We're like, hey, we're here for, we're playing a practice round for the tournament. We have the tournament tomorrow, yada, yada. And he, like, has the T-sheet. So he's like, what are the names? Checks the T-sheet, like, checks off our names, prints us out a parking permit, and uh, and off we go. We play the practice round. No big deal, you know? Like, exchange pleasantries with the guy, but nothing particularly memorable. And in, in my, as so I thought. 
And so next day we tee, we're going to, for tournament day, right? So we I tee off at like seven ten. Brady goes off at like seven forty. So we're rolling in. It's like six o'clock in the morning. We're going through the gate. We have the parking pass. Same security guard walks out, and we're like we just like flash the parking pass. We're like, hey, here's the parking pass, and he goes, oh man, it's you guys again. And we're like, hey, and he's like, is today the tournament? And we're like, yeah, today's the tournament. He goes, well, all right, let's do it then. <laughs> and me and my buddy Brady just do that all the time now. We'll be like, hey, let's do it then. Like, he was texting me today while I was playing. He's like, hey, man, let's do it then. It's unbelievable. I love that. I, I, will, I will add that to the lecture. Hey, let's, let's do, do, it, do then. it then. <laughs> Dude, it was so funny, man. I, we la- we laugh in. about that to this day. He's like, hey, is today the tournament? We're like, yeah, what the? Yeah, man. He's like, well, then let's do it then. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. I will tell you guys right now that uh, because I have the power to do so, I will be manipulating the T-sheet for our journey to the Oregon coast this November to ensure that the three of us uh, are playing at least one round together. And uh, mm. if whenever there is an excellent golf shot taking place, if I hear anybody utter anything other than, let's do it, Dan, I will be immensely disappointed and people will be disinvited from this golf trip. And so I look oh, let's do it, Dan. <laughs> let's, let's do it uh, on that note everybody thank you for listening Andy, Chris you guys are the best I really appreciate it to all you guys uh, you know enjoy the golf tournament this weekend it should be a lot of fun and on that note let's do it then let's do it then